listener discretion advised. <laughs> As if we should say it. Every- <laughs> yeah, I know. We have to. I feel like we have to. We should put it in the front of everyone. Well, we had to put it on that uh, the iTunes stuff, which I've been. Yeah, it is. Explicit. I've been fish. Yeah, I had to fish on iTunes to look for some stuff. I saw. I was reading some comments. You should go through there and read some of the comments. One dude, uh, like, totally freaked out. And he, it was like one star. Is there comments in yeah. iTunes? Yeah, I there's, did not know that. There's reviews in there, and when they leave a review, you know, you can give a star. So most of most. What, what did we get a one star for? We, uh, Is it the guy who's been attacking me, who I banned on Podbean? It, it may have been, but he was like, "There's just too many rants," and like he literally says, "I just can't take it anymore." And I was like, "Whoa!" Like brought it to a, oh, a whole I banned one guy who kept coming on and trolling us. He's been chasing me around all over. I remember that when uh I'm dude, I want I feel like it was like a year ago and he was No, just, he came back like cuz oh, new. Back. Yeah, this just recently I did it. <laughs> yeah, he keeps coming back and he he was you know what he was bitching about? The Savage and Leopold. Oh god. He's calling us hypocrites because we were pro on the Mark 5 and because we spoke to Savage after Mark and I saying stuff. So the dude kind of went in and, and slayed us over that. So he's angry because we gave people a, uh, we yeah. gave him a chance to come back and and do something yes. and say something nice about it. So he's upset because uh, there's positive change going yes. on. That's awesome. So good, I didn't burn him. those bridges completely. So he's upset. So I just got rid of him. He was just a troll. So, so how, how was your shot, man? I barely saw you guys. I know, man. It was crazy. It, it was busy, though. It was you know? super busy. Like, I went super light, but it was really busy. So in our booth is is weird. Like, the first day, it was just like, it was jammed up. Second day, it was jammed up. Third day. It mellowed out quite a bit. It you was guys quiet were, yeah. on the third day. Like, at, in comparison, we still had people coming through. We still had questions to answer. We still had a lot of, you know... Um, folks coming in people listening to the podcast which was totally awesome because i had an opportunity to meet a lot of guys and a lot of gals and they were like yeah listen to the you know podcast so i would reach in my reach in my pocket reach in my uh my shirt or pants or whatever and give him a, a patch yeah and um it should tell you remember that big bag of patches that you gave me mm-hmm. they're all gone except for one that i kept for myself oh nice i got more of that because yeah. i brought a few home so we had a lot of positives. I wasn't just handing it out, putting it on the table, because you know how people just swipe that shit. Right, they don't right. care. They're just looking for good stuff. So, um, you know, it's kind of like I wasn't trying to do like a scavenger hunt. Like you got to try to track me down in the booth. Dude, you know I felt I that mean? way with because I was moving. I always <laughs> You do. were moving fast. I always do. And yeah. you notice somebody say something, but then I, if I stayed still long enough, I gave them a patch. Mm-hmm. But I didn't stay still as often long enough. And you can tell when I'm cruising through, I'm kind of on a mission. So people. Oh, was, you had places to be. And a lot of times it was like people were coming to me going like, where's Frank? Where's Frank? Where's Frank? And I'm like, dude, I don't know where the fuck Frank is at. <laughs> I'm wandering the floor. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's wandering he's a, the floor. He might be right over there behind that counter. I don't know where the hell he's at, dude. Yeah, I get it. But anyways, uh, as as a tradition follows, of course, coming into SHOT Show, I always get stuck in these weird situations. We should back up because (laughs) you guys are working. 
Right. Full time. Right. It's not like you're on vacation or going to It is not a Vegas. vacation. No. You have a curfew. You have to do a lot of things. And then. We got to go to dinners with people. Right. We got to do meetings. We got to. There's now, stuff Mile before. High also, because you're working, pays for the room. So your accommodations are determined by the company. Correct. So people have to recognize that you're not. You're put in situations. That aren't bad, more comical. <laughs> they, <laughs> but I try to put a funny spin on it because I'm the one who has to live with that memory. Yeah. And there are some memories that I could do without, mm-hmm. and there are some memories that you know what I'm going to share with everybody because it's like you know when you stub your toe, right? Everybody wants to laugh. You know, you're yeah, just yeah. like, ah, god damn it! And then it's like the worst stub you ever had. And then you had to go to the doctor, and then you got gangrene, and like it just keeps on rolling and downhill. It's worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So meanwhile, it's, we're it's, still laughing at your stub toe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know they're cutting your foot off. So my stub toe. I'm not going to tell you guys who I was. Uh, so we share rooms. Right. So I'm not going to tell you who my roommate was, but. Uh, Kind of like last year, I told I told you guys it was Corey that was kind of tugging on my blanket, mm-hmm. doing some weird shit, right? Um, you well, had a similar, right, this year? This is similar, but there wasn't any physical contact. So it was, you know, it's, it, again, it's comical mm-hmm. to, to a degree. So it was the first night I'm laying in bed, and I don't sleep very well in Vegas anyways, and like sometimes does. and sometimes when I'm home I don't sleep really well so I take like sleep aids and stuff like that from time to time well I didn't bring any sleep aids with me and uh, didn't have any Benadryl or anything like that so I'm just like tossing and turning tossing and turning I finally fell asleep and I woke up it was probably like an hour had gone by it's probably like two in the morning or something like that and I just feel the heat of somebody looking at me so I open my eyes and I turn my head to the right and I, you know, slowly mm-hmm. and I look over and this person has their head in the palm of their hand and their elbow on the pillow laying sideways. So they're doing the, like the Burt Reynolds pose. <laughs> the Burt Reynolds pose. The Burt Reynolds like pose. Like in front of the fireplace yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of look, right? I can see skin some man panties Mm -hmm. and then skin again down to the toes right so from head to toes and i'm like dude i think this guy's underwear is burgundy like i can see pretty good detail right right and i said uh are you awake (laughs) (laughs) he goes yeah (laughs) i said are you okay he goes yeah Okay. Uh, well, good night. And <laughs> pulled his covers back over and rolled over the other direction. And I just kind of laid there for another four hours until I had to get up and go set up the booth. So it was uh, it was interesting because the next day, um, I think I'd ran into you. Yeah, yeah. You'd... And I was like, dude. What the fuck is going on in Vegas? With you. Yeah, with me. Right. You're like a magnet. And you uh, you had a good laugh out of it, which I'm sure everybody listening right now is having a good laugh. It was just strange. And I brought it up to him the next day. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I said, hey, do you remember last night when you were laying on your side looking at me? Mm-hmm. I remember that. And he was like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like what's the <laughs> like big nothing deal? happened. Right, right. And I don't know. I chalk it up to maybe cultural differences or something Th- like that. There's definitely some cultural differences there. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. Sniper. You got, got Mike from Mile High Shooting and Frank from Sniper's Hide. And we're just gonna do kind of a shot show wrap up. I act, I got some new glasses. I got a Did new, you? I, I got, didn't I got really, a new prescription. I gotta get that. So I need a new one. The uh I gotta I, I'm like nearsighted in one eye and farsighted in the other eye. Mm-hmm. But they, when they originally set my prescription, they set my prescription to the better of the two. Right. So like when you go through your first year of wearing glasses, they just want you to wear the glasses. So as I was uh, approaching that first year mark, I was like, dude, I cannot see out of these damn things. It's just, it's not getting any better with birthdays as they come along, you know? Right, right. So as you know. And uh, I go in there and he's just like, oh yeah, man, we... You know, we did the prescription, like a low grade prescription, but we did the same prescription for both eyes because we didn't want you to feel like you're in like a clown house, you know, in those weird mirrors and stuff like that. I'm getting that now with mine, the way my prescription is, I have to change it. Yeah, you're going to have to do some kind of upgrade, but uh, it's really nice because now I can see when I take my glasses off, I feel like it's worse. Like than before like before I could take my glasses off my eyes would focus no problem but now I take my glasses off because I can see crystal clear I can see everything dude I can see into the future nice with these things but, dude, the time traveling Chinese guy who's from the future yeah. said 2028 they're gonna tell us about the aliens they're prepping us right now yeah they're kind of they're prepping us because the show's on TV yeah. they're pushing all that stuff more public release of government documents like the navy saying that footage is real and it's not some kind of secret test thing yeah they don't want to rip the band-aid off they're not ripping the band-aid they're doing it slow 2028 guys aliens you got to live till then so we got another eight years till we get that going so shot show wrap up um Everybody who came to the booth, I didn't get a much time out of the booth, and there's a lot of places that I did want to go and see that I had an opportunity to walk past but never really stop and, like, check right. something out. And everybody that would come in, I was like, okay. They would start asking me questions, and they would stop right there. What's cool out there? Like, what's yeah. going on? Tell yeah. me what's going on in the world before I give you my information mm-hmm. because I want to know. And, uh, you know, it sparked a lot of good conversations, and it didn't seem to me like there weren't people that were like super impressed with what was going on there was like maybe a couple things like we've been talking about it for the last six months this is the year of the 22 period yeah end of story that's that's happening we know that we get that we got how many different actions now we got one two three four that i can maybe think of off the top of my three Um, or four c1 you got the voodoo you got the big horn you got the ultimatum uh Bagara's got Bagara's theirs. Got one. There you go. Okay. Um, and so that's five right that's there. That's five. So, and I'm sure there's a couple we're missing. And then looking at just kind of past sales, since you know being in the the sales kind of world, looking at how much 22 we bought last year in com- in comparison to the year before, and then how much 22 we plan on buying this next year, it's just only climbing. It's going. It's doubling uh, from where it was. So right. um, it really a lot of those 22 manufacturers, like Leupold, uh, or not Leupold, I'm sorry, I got Leupold on the mind, uh, Lapua putting out Center X, putting out SKMO, because it all comes off the same assembly right, line. Right. A lot of people don't realize Cutting that. Cutting edge doing solids for ELR 22. Exactly. So there's a lot of good stuff 
happening and they're trying to now mold that 22 area but aside from that because we've been we've been beating that up for the last you know few months like we saw that one coming we had mm -hmm. some pretty good foresight on it and a lot of trusted companies out there manufacturers but what was really out there what did you even see like that you were like oh cool what's that and then you had to go mess with it um, well, I, like the Ventus was the one that I went to immediately. My first meeting was Leica, which happened to be by um, the Trigicon. So I went to Leica and I looked at the new 3500 uh, lasers because they, they bumped up the 2800 to a 35. Seems like a lot of laser technology is catching yep, on. It's uh, catching up. And in, they changed it from a class one laser to a class three, uh -huh. like the Vectronics. It, yep. So Leica stepped up, and then they had the five to thirty scope with the um, the the uh, precision rifle reticle in it. Uh, I got mixed reactions from that from people, but the scope seems solid. Uh, great Leica glass. It's we're flooded with those five to thirties, four and a half to twenty eights. They're all the same scope. Yep, yep, yep. So we're flooded in that market with those. So you know Leica's got a big road to hoe um, to try to get into it. But then that brought me over. I was actually talking with George Gardner, Shannon Kay, and all those guys, and I saw Tony from Trigicon. Okay, And he yes. was like... Uh, yes, I want to talk about that. Okay, so he was yep. like, Frank, did you see the project we worked on with Aaron, and Aaron's in the booth? And I'm like, no. I, I, well, I saw it, the video. But he goes, come on up. So I actually went with him at that point to the Trigicon booth. We worked on that Ventus project in 2008 at Rifles Only. They rented Rifles Only. It was part of the DARPA One shot. And so I had access to that. Now that that... That's kind of like when the B2 Stealth Bomber came out and everybody was like, yes. oh man, this is the coolest thing because it came out in the 90s. Right. But that all that technology was developed in the 80s. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like... It, it's like one of those... Yeah, And it's one of those things where, um, you know, it, it's finally catching up because they have created that cutting edge technology yep. or they're starting to try to use it. I keep hearing it, stuff like LIDAR. LIDAR is the thing. It's in our cars, right? Every every one of our cars is running LIDAR. That's what's doing our safety stuff and that's what's doing That's all. what they use to catch you in a speed trap. Right. Yep. Well, on top of that, the LIDAR is what their ancient aliens is using because they're finding all these civilizations because they can look through the jungles of South America. They could see the outlines of, uh, of you know, cities. Like temples. And, right. And yeah. then they can go down there and look at it and and then Oak Island, they use it all over the place, right? So LIDAR is huge, it's everywhere, and it's becoming commonplace. Now, the Ventus does exactly what it is, and everybody's saying the $8,000. Think about this. It is a 5,000 meter plus laser. Mm -hmm. So at a buck a yard, you got a $5,000 device. So right. now for $3,000, you're getting 500 yards of wind in. Is it five or six? Well, it's 500 in like mellow conditions. If you have rain, wind, snow, or sand blowing around, any particulate matter in the air because of the conditions, it will go farther. Oh. So the more... Oh, because it's grabbing it's information. Grabbing, right. Yeah, I get it. Okay, okay. So the more junk you put in the air, this is the opposite. The better off right, you the are. The better it'll work. And so to me, you're getting a device at $8,000 that will not only connect to software, it will connect to links like the Revic. The Re like you guys dropped the ball on the Revic. I told you the Revic was elegant, the Revic was good. There was all these things about the Revic and the price wasn't bad. Everybody kind of passed on it. Well, 
Aaron from Gunworks updated the Revic. It can accept all the information from the Ventus, including the wind, okay? There's a bunch of stuff it'll do, but the, the Ventus will do software, it'll do ranging, it'll do connectivity, and it'll put all that information into our devices. So for $8,000, you're getting a 5,000 yard plus laser, plus all this other stuff. You're getting a station. Yeah, you really are. You know, that's kind of what it is. It's like a portable station. And, and, it's, and it's, it's it's worth the money. What's what's the uh, optic mag magnification? Nine is there or one? something? Is yeah, it it's up there. Uh, it's not small. Um, it was up there. I forget off the top of my head, but I want to say like 9X. Any ideas the life of the the system like as far as the charge or battery or something no like that. no i didn't talk to them about that and the <laughs> units that they had on the table were non-functioning yeah I, I heard they only have maybe one like or two, two or of three. them yeah. yeah he told me it'll be months before the um i'll get one for like a 90 day loan mm -hmm. um to play with uh when they when they're available. we should you know what we should try to do is um Get Tony or somebody on here to talk about it. Get Tony to, uh, yeah, get them to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You and I go out and do the wind that we do and, and then, then do see the how wind it off. Matches yeah, that, right. And see if it's something that it's kind of like, because I think I'm confident enough in my, in my ability that I could, you know, match up against this machine. Yes, I agree. Or at least get really close. Mm -hmm. and, um, and if that's the case, you know, within that certain yardage, uh, that will be a game changer for a lot of guys that go out, they spend $13,000 on a hunt. So you, let's say yeah. your guide has one of these things and he's like, okay, we got to shoot this, you know, uh, yeah. goat on top of this hill that's across the valley right. and, and you everything. Got thermals going up, you'll yeah, you see got them. all kinds of stuff going on around you to where, you know, if I'm shooting from ridge to ridge, I'm probably going to have a sighter around most likely, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, but getting really, really close and trying to get that hit and trying to, uh, you know, justify spending $13,000 to take this animal, I think will kind of game, you know, change the game for a lot of those guides that are out there. If they can afford that piece of equipment, that's the next question. Right. Is like, how, yeah, are you gonna how are you going to buy that hit? That's a lot of money to be spending on a piece of equipment like that, where there's, you know, guys out there that can give you, that can read that kind of stuff. But like I said, an extreme situations I think it is a valuable tool yeah and, and with that unit there's a ton of connectivity happening so like Vectronics with the Terrapin X they've added a metric ton of connectivity where their standard is working with all these other devices now so while you didn't see anything new come out of them they did release kind of a list of new devices that will connect to it mm-hmm so that's kind of the key is that these guys are building these devices, the Revix one, the Terrapin X is another, where they're able to firmware update it and immediately roll into this new technology that's out there and moving around that these things aren't stuck, they're actually future-proof. And talking with a lot of people, that, I like I like that terminology. Future proof. Yeah, yeah future proof. That, that, talking with a lot of the electronics people, building in some type of future proof is becoming important to them because they don't just want to end it right there. Well, and that's what kind of led me towards the Vectronics and. In the Terrapin X, not necessarily the previous year model. So right. Like the previous year model, I had that one for a long time, and I used it, and it was reliable, and it worked I love every my time. My O five, my O five is great. That thing works 
every time, no questions asked, and mm -hmm. it gives you it gives you a report immediately. Right. One of the conversations I had with one of the guys from uh, from Safran it was, you know, like where where are you going in the future with this thing? Like, what are we doing to make sure that it continues to update? And they're like, oh, we're working with some other companies to do this and do this and do this. So it's all updatable, all online, all you know, via your phone yep. or whatever, however it is that you're going to update it. So I, I, again, moving into the future and doing that, you know coming up with that kind of technology, again, cutting edge, uh, allows you to buy that product, keep that product for a long time, mm -hmm. you know, and they keep, you know, producing the next level 2.0, 2.1, 2.3. Yep. So that's, uh, that's no, really that's... good news. Now, the question I have um, about the Trigicon is, does it have a ballistic solver? Yes. So it has a ballistic solver. What engine are they running? I don't. It, it's probably just a modified Ford off. I didn't get too deep into the solver part. So maybe like a three or four. Yeah, off. but it's mainly it, it. Part of it's connectivity, but part of it is their stuff. Now understand, this came out of the DARPA one shot stuff. So if they're running something a little more proprietary, it's going to be a higher end engine because when the people that worked that program were all Lockheed people. Mm -hmm. Like when we had the scientists there on the range. Uh, it's like, hey, what are you doing? The guy's like, well, I launched a satellite last week, so Lockheed put me on this. You know, so these are rocket yeah, scientists. Yeah, they're just like you're right in between projects. Right. Yeah, so we'll work on this one. we What can. you're looking at is a variation of Ford off, and they mm -hmm. just call it MPM, which is modified point mass, which is is sort of the is sort of the buzzword for Ford off when they're internally talking to each other. Right, yeah, so they're not right. stepping on any toes or anything right, right, like that. Right, no, right, So it's that. just an MPM and, and kind of an Amy. But I mean, Trichicon does a metric ton that we don't see because they're so ingrained in the military. This is the second project that came out of that uh, uh, evolution we did at Rifles Only. The first one came out like six years ago was a machine gun uh, mount, an electronic, it's like a, you know, looks like a football. Yeah, I have one at the shop. The CSAS, the it's big trigicon. big motherfucker, yeah. That came out of this project okay. as well. So that was the first step. It we went to machine guns. The second step now is coming to precision rifles. Yeah, because they were using for M2s and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, when we tested it, it was attached to an ACOG. Mm -hmm. It was meant for an M4. It was not a sniper rifle thing. So right. you're seeing these evolutions happen um, that are completely different than when we tested it. But um, well, that's the thing, man. And they have to start large. You got to you got to get everything underneath the hood, and then right. you got to strip out what you don't want. You know, it's Japanese car theory, right? You can get it smaller and smaller and smaller and start compacting the engine and, more and that's and more. just it. The lidar so. prices are coming down, yeah, because they're putting them in drones, they're putting them in different things, yeah. and now they can micro miniaturize them, and and so they'll go into our devices. But that to me. That was the big stuff electronically, but I mean, I saw, like I said, the, the 22 was through the roof. Uh, um, you know, I ended up ordering an ultimatum. Uh, the deuce was the one that I the went deuce. to. <laughs> yeah, the deuce. Took a deuce with the ultimatum. Um, so that's, I ordered one of those. You're so childish, Frank. Yes, totally. In, in, in. I gotta stop listening right now. Out of all of them, that was kind of the one I like. Now, to me, and we talked about this with the 22, and we won't get too deep into it, I thought the Rimex and Bighorn, Zermatt, however you want to word it, 
was sort of the best in show in the 22 crowd, but there's a patent deal hanging over them. They got to sort that out. So yeah, you, you get kind of a ding for that. You yeah, know, you it, can't. And it, I told it them. It is what it is. I said, listen, guys, I'm friends with both sides of you. I'm not going to get in the middle of this. I love what Bighorn did with the Rim X. I do think talking to them, there's differences in their magazine that are that are you know noticeable even though that you know a 22 and an AICS pattern very broad these guys change geometry they their mag won't fit in some of the other actions um because they they adjust, they worked on that bullet geometry as it's being loaded into the chamber so there's a lot more thought than hey let's copy voodoo's mag right and, and, but Voodoo has patents, so they got to sort that out. Now, talking with Mike and Paul and Voodoo, they're going next level as well. So you're seeing this, I mean... It's already evolving. Yes. Like these, these, they've, Voodoo's been in the game for a few years. As well, far as the... Most people to market, yeah, right. And they've had a product that's been doing really, really well. So what do you do with that? You make it better you know you continue yep. to improve the process you continue to improve the product and um they're they're bringing really good stuff to the market and they kind of have a jump start which is nice you know to mm -hmm. like everybody's kind of on your heels and everything like that but it also pushes them forward yep you know so it, and it does good things it's just you got to be careful of rushing something you know like you're like man i got this great idea and the concept is proven and we're going to start production but now these guys have a similar product and they're right. and they're bringing it to market so i got to rush this one to get it out mm -hmm. so that's just kind of what you got to look out for and when you're looking at the newer stuff make sure you're getting your hands on it and testing it and trying it out and see what people are saying about it don't just read the positive stuff or don't just read the negative stuff read them both yeah you totally know? go both sides and i and like for the ultimatum thing this is the first time I ever talked to the Ultimatum guys. Like I knew John McQuay from 8541 Tactical was really big in doing the Ultimatum stuff. And there was an Ultimatum thread on Sniper's Side. But I kind of was like, well, John's already there. I'm not gonna jump in and step on his toes and I'm not gonna come in right behind him. And, 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 and... So I stayed away from Ultimatum, even though I kind of dug what they were doing. Well, this is the first time I met the guys. I really like them. Uh, and not only did I order their 22, I ordered one of their uh, Tika copy. They, they're actually aftermarket and copying a Tika. So there's a Tika action. So center fire? Yeah, okay. full blown. And so I ordered a center fire. That's a Tika modification. It's it's just a bigger, thicker, heavier Tika. So it's kind of got that reversed yeah, 60 uh, degree, recoil lug. Right, right. Oh, yeah, deal. no recoil lug, right, yeah. all that. It's got the notch and right. it'll drop in a Tika fit. But I mean, we talk Remington, Remington, Remington. But Is it I, squared off? So let me ask you this. It looks just like a Tika. Did they... Did they make the ejection port bigger? I think so. I think a bunch of it's bigger. I because pictures that of it. is like the biggest thing that drives me away from Tika. Is the, yeah, the small port. Is the small port because when you start putting unimounts and stuff like that, because you need a unimount for a Tika. Right. When you put that on there, you start closing off that space, especially with the Magnum caliber stuff, mm -hmm. and it bounces it right back into the action. So it's just something yeah. I've never had one drop in, but I know exactly what you mean. And and but I I looked at that. I mean. Honestly, action-wise, I, I did a. And since we're on actions, I'm gonna stick with actions. Yeah, real let's quick. stick with actions because um, I got a whole list of stuff. And yeah. actually, I I, uh, I skipped a couple of things. We can if we need to fill up some time, yeah, we'll, or we we'll, can we'll talk about longer. it. But we'll go longer. Yeah, today. It, it's cool. Um, so 
the, the Mac Bros is a huge. I've talked about them last year, but Mac Bros has a $575 action with a bolt head and a solid bolt that they're doing. That's just like a Remington copy. It's 575. How could you not make something off of Mac Bros actions? I mean, Mac Bros make stuff for Badger, GA Precision. They make a bunch of stuff that people just don't realize is a Mac Bro. And, um, and this is Mac Brothers. Yeah, Mac and Brothers. They, and they traditionally make suppressors. Yep, is they that make what suppressors. They make do. They make everything for people. They make these actions. Mac Bros are awesome, and they have this five hundred dollar action that's just fantastic. Their suppressors are good too. Um, you know, so there's that stuff going. There's the action right there, but that's so a titanium. That's a titanium. So yeah, they got a tie the, action yeah. with a double stack mag cut. Mm-hmm. They got all kinds of stuff, and they got some some and grooves then, on the bolt. Looking at that, going to George Gardner because he's right next to them. I ordered the um, I ordered a GT, a six GT rifle. Six GT, yeah. yeah, from George. That's starting to take off as much poo pooing as there was. Uh, well, they were the, making fun the of them, but yeah, yeah, in the last. Uh, I want to say probably month and a half. I've I've had at least five people come into the shop looking for a GT. We have a GT reamer en route. It's coming yeah. to us. We're going to start it, chambering it, those up pretty soon. If you look at six millimeters, to me, there's right now there's two choices in six millimeter. If you want to do it right, you're going to do a six Creed more. Yep. Or you're going to do a six GT. That's my shit. Six right. Creed. Those are the two. It fixes the problem with a dasher. Now, what a six GT? A six GT is a six five. <gasps> Don't you dare say anything bad about a dasher. I know. It, right. So a six GT is a six five forty seven neck down with some little bit of geometry change, but it's essentially a forty seven case in six millimeter. So it solves a bunch of problems of the dashers and things like that. You won't have to go crazy. There's going to be factory ammo. I was just going to ask who's yeah, backing it up, coming. Hornady, probably. It's coming. Um, so all that's going to happen. So I, I kind of was digging on, and, and I thought we were pretty action heavy. Now, another thing, I had a very good, a long conversation with Joel from Terminus. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gets... He stopped in at the booth, yep, too. We talked to him a little bit. That kind of gets to my Curtis crush, but I'm not going to go into that. Yeah. But let me just tell you what. I was right. That dude deserves every bit of the drama I've given him um, on that. And, and there's so much... <laughs> Oh, dude! If it's I like a—that's a straight. I told you so. It's a real. It, honestly, unfortunately, I think there's some really big players are gonna bail out this guy because he needs to be bailed out. Um, you know, there, there's there's some East Coast Central U.S. parties that are gonna fix the issues. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should, but they will, and that's their business decision to make. Yeah, let them fall on their sword. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, I think they're gonna get burned. This is me being pro you know kind of being nostradamus here right i don't see good predictions yes i don't see good things happening five years from now but that's me that's my opinion that's me being nostradamus based on all the available information i have issues (laughs) that's fair yes so um there was that and that's kind of where we were with the actions other than like you know with the AI stuff, which we'll get into later. Yeah, I, I got that. some. Yeah, I got some notes on that. And yeah. there's uh, something I really can't talk about right there for the moment. I can't do that. Wasn't it there though? I can, no. Yes and no. I saw one. You did. Okay, I thought I did because George, 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 and and Serge are talking to me. They're like, there wasn't one. I can. I can. I give, saw one. So I can give broad details on yeah. it, and I'll, I'll. I won't get into like extreme details because it still has to really set another show before we can really say anything. Yeah, say say much about it. We know it's there. 
it's been talked about. Anyways, big uh, guns what, are so, good. We so, know it's there. Yeah. What would you have liked to see there? Like anything that's like you like. Well, I it, I, I know. Is it's there a the, I, yeah? I know. Is there a shot show sized hole in your heart that only can be filled by this one thing that you wish you could have seen? Mm, there would have been if I didn't go in the back, but I went in the back, so the hole in my heart's been filled. It's been filled. But you, for the rest of you people, you gotta wait. How guys, what's the wait time? I have no idea. That's the bitch. I don't know what the wait's gonna be. Is it this year? I think so. Supposed to be, isn't it's, it? It's probably going to be like mid-year after like the yeah. NRA stuff, mm -hmm. and like after because like there are a lot of shows. There are a ton of shows going on. Shot Show is there's just one now. It's just the big one, right? And then after that, there's like three or four more shows that people go to. So just so you guys understand when all of the demo equipment comes out because i get calls all the time hey you got a demo scope for this hey you got a demo gun for this you got a demo like i want to buy this demo stuff when's the best time to buy it the best time to buy demo stuff i would say in, in my personal opinion is in that may june time frame because i was gonna say august but that's probably yeah, too late it's it's the may june time frame one because it's it's nice outside in most places people are outside shooting so the manufacturers are done with all their shows right they take all of their product they box it back up they bring it back home they check it out and make sure you know there's no coronavirus on it or anything like that mm -hmm. and then they call uh you know places like us like mile high and they say hey we have some demo scopes we have some demo this we have some demo that we'll sell it to you guys at a discounted price and you sell it to your customers at a discounted price perfect that works out for everybody yep so and like that is not what we make our money on but it's you know a fast turnaround it gets it out to the customer it makes them happy because now they have a new scope that they can break over the summer now i will say because i mentioned in the last one i because when i talked to them that i i said hey you know ATLE, mm -hmm. but you guys won't sell an ATLE to the normal people. They have to order. You can't. It. Yep. Why, so it's got to be. Why you can't? It's it's along the lines of blue label. So okay. like you have a blue label they Glock, have to build right? It. Yeah. So it, it's. You can get one. You just got to build it. Y yes. Okay. So let me explain it to you. If it has an engraving on it that says LE law enforcement law enforcement only. That is law enforcement only. That will not leave our building to anybody who's not a card-carrying member of the Blue family. Okay? But what you can do if you want a rifle that is basically that without the engraving, I would suggest that you buy a fixed AT. Mm -hmm, the cheapest one. The cheap one of the two. Because a, a folding AT costs five hundred dollars more. We're mm -hmm. just rounding up, okay? It's like four hundred and seventy some. It's five hundred dollars more just for you to take that hinge off and then put on a nine hundred dollar buttstock. Right. So if you got the fixed one, you're halfway to that buttstock. You just pay another four hundred dollars, and now you got. And it. now you have an AX buttstock on an AT professionally installed. And you guys do it. We do it. Yeah, we do it. There's, um, th they don't say anything that. Like you can't you do it can at home. Order, you can order it, but you're gonna have to pay about a four hundred dollar tax. Put it that way. Yeah. You can get it, but you you can't get it in one step, and you're gonna have to pay a small tax to go that direction. Because people were kind of like beat me up on the hide this week because I said ATLE, and they're like, "Well, we can't get that though." It's like, Fact. but you can. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta pay a little four hundred dollar tax to do it. Yeah, and I mean, is it worth it? Yeah, I, I think I, so. I, 
personally, if that option was available when I had an AT, mm -hmm. I would have done that. Hands down, guaranteed, no question. Now, another thing, you know, to, to keep in mind that there are upgradable parts on these ATs, man, you can basically turn an AT into an AX without that four-end tube. Right. You know, because you can still put night vision on it. You can put illuminators on it. It has all that stuff. One upgrade that I would strongly recommend is getting that... Uh, front plug removed where the spigot mount goes in and getting an anarchy outdoors either a pick rail or an arca rail that extends it out another six inches yeah like the sam um sam bass one or whatever yeah, bass burns. Or burns sam burns is that his yep. name? i saw him twice at the show but yeah um i suggest getting that because one it's like precision made so you have an aiat that all the dimensions are always correct period right and it's tricked out and yep. it, yeah and then you have you take this spigot mount and you install it in there so it takes out all the slop of a regular spigot of a bt19 that mm -hmm. you get from uh from atlas uh, it takes all the slop out then you have an extended piece of rail that's on there, so you can put whatever you want yeah. on there. That's fine. And speaking of that, the Super Cal's nice. They did a good job on the Super Cal. So I heard about the Super Cal. I haven't got my hands on one. So it's basically a 4H or 5H, bigger. whatever it is. The yeah, it's a 5H, but it's identical to a Cal. It's just the size of a 5H. So it's got bigger legs yeah, on it. Yeah, it's, it's the 5H legs. And it doesn't dip down? Nope. It's, okay, it's thank God. It's identical to a cow. It's just got the 5H legs to it in the bigger center. I think that's kind of the downfall to that 5H to me yeah. is having it dip down the way it does because it's kind of a pain in the ass it to, is to get, get it in. where you want it, you know, because it's, it's swinging. Like I, I picture like like my kid on a swing, you know, from the side. It has like a swoop. Yeah, it you does. know. So it's it's really hard to kind of stay focused, get level, and do what you got to do, and get into get into work. So I spent some time talking with Casey on the Super Cal. I was digging on that. Uh, so all the Thunder Beast stuff, the new seven and a half, uh, seven inch can, and the inch and a half is badass. Uh, tubeless or not wrapperless? I guess it is, right? Yep. Um, yep. We uh, took one of those home with us. It's badass. It is totally badass. It's and, and that it's a lot wider, mm -hmm. so it's a lot uh, more of my volume. Yeah, more volume. Same di length, more volume as an Ultra Seven, and, and then girth. it has a, the lockup. They got, went to girth. It's a big girthy bitch. It's a big girth one. Yeah, yeah. But super quiet. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a it's a good play on you know not having to get an Ultra Nine because I think you have about the same decibels there. That I would mount, have to look the at QD it. The QD mount is nice. The QD mount is is a lot nicer than sitting there twisting that thing on plus. Plus, you got a positive lockup. So, like, I'm all about direct thread suppressors because I don't like daisy chaining a bunch of stuff together and, and calling it precision. So, being able to lock it on into one spot after threading it maybe like two or three rotations and then locking the collar is right. nice because then you're not threading it, you know, like freaking nine, ten threads or something like that. You're sitting there threading it for a long time. So, for us lazy people, that's definitely an option, especially if you like being quiet. Yep. And so now to top the uh, rifles off, scope Zico. I spent a lot of time with Zico, had dinner with him. Um, and you know reticles we worked on the reticles for a while yep this reticle came back and forth you guys probably saw it too we had input on it yeah um, everybody did yeah i mean who's so it, it, anybody who's anybody who's using reticles and like the knowledge base is there they're not calling cabela's and saying hey what kind of reticles you guys want to see they're calling you know pro shops and they're right. calling shooters and they're calling you know these guys that do this for a living and they're getting that information so that is a great place to start like crowdsourcing they have 
they have a reticle. This is not, it, like, what they have as far as the finished product was not what they presented, like, when they originally came out and with it. And he's changing that. He's going to fix the 12-inch and 18-inch numbers. They're moving. They're going to spread out and shrink down. He's he's actually modifying what was there. And the, and the images you saw, there'll be minor modifications in text. Right. Not in style, just in text. Right. So Font, I guess. So what you're looking at in the in this reticle, just follow me. If you guys haven't pulled it up, what we're looking at is an Impact 3 reticle from Zero Compromise Optic that is M as in Mike, P as in Papa, C as in Charlie, T as in Tango, and the number three. And what we're looking at in this reticle is, to me, immediately... I go back to my Schmidt days of H2CMR. Yeah, very similar. Immediately. And I look at it and I go, okay, well, yeah, it's it's a modified H2CMR, but it's much more than that, right? So when you're looking at it, you have that open center with a floating dot. You have your half mil marker. This kind of threw me off too. Uh, the half mil marker is on the top of the line. Going up yep. and everything it, else is down. Everything else is down. So when I was originally looking at it, I was like, two, okay, so it looks like it has two tenths. And I'm like, two, four, six, eight, ten, one mil. 1.2 what the hell's going on here but then i like pulled my head out of my ass and i was like oh okay the two tenths are on the bottom half mils on the top and now when you look at the you know the dots the open dots here's what i like about holding wind on this line i would feel very comfortable holding wind on this line because one the the circles are marked with numbers for the most part so you got two four six and eight so every two mils it's a lot easier for me and maybe some of you guys when you're holding wind it's easier to count bubbles and ticks yeah. than it is to just count ticks. Right. So if you have a bunch of little short ticks and then one long tick that in the bottom half looks like a short tick, you can get lost pretty quick, especially when you start getting into winds that we have to deal with, you know, when you're 3.2. Well, people don't realize when it, everything's a hash mark, everything, and they're going in multiple directions, it's easier for your brain to, to, to pick out the one that sticks out to it the most, which might not be the right one to hold. But your brain will be drawn towards the, the difference now in the circle your brain will be drawn to the circle which will get you to where you need to be yeah i can to count, break up the half I, exactly and that's right. it is i can count two circles and then one tick right exactly you're not counting you're not counting like 40 ticks Right. You're counting two circles in the ticks. Right. So I think it allows the shooter to be a little more dynamic as far as what they can do. Yeah, um, I agree. Getting into, uh, you know, the wind's blowing, the wind's not blowing, the wind's blowing, the wind's not blowing, now it's blowing this way, now it's blowing this way. It allows you to go, okay, well, now we need to be at two, now, now we need to be at three, or whatever the case may be. But it allows you to get there faster. And that the fact that the bubbles are open helps out too because now you can put your target in the circle and that in the center of that circle is going to be your one mil mark, your two mil mark, your three mil mark. And then on either side, you can even use the sides of the bubble to determine a one-tenth hold. Yes, totally. Because so, point two, so, you know, cut them in half. Exactly. So Zico, let me tell you what. I mean, these guys are coming out of, like, we know Jeff's pedigree. And Robert comes out of Collis. He was over with Sharofsky, and, and, and he's still out of Austria. There's still an Austria component to this. Then you have the U.S. component to it. Uh, it. It is one of my favorite optics. I went really light at looking at optics this year. I only took two meetings. Um, Zero Compromise and Schmidt and Bender were the only two that I sat down for for any length of time. And I talked to Scott Parks, and we talked about the uh, Gen 3 Razor, the 1 to 10, and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's a completely... 
That's a completely Dude, Loki is going ape shit out He's there. Like, he needs to get in, down here in. for some reason. I don't know if you can hear. Probably not. I don't but know. anyway, so I, I, you know, there, there's, there's definitely, I mean, there, Leopold. I, I talk with John. We should probably, since we're on optics, we spat down a talk. Well, before we get on okay. off on that, because I actually have a note on that that I want to bring up. Oh, okay. Um, I want to talk about this fatal funnel that they're doing here in this optics. Oh, the so, ranging funnel, right? Yeah. Up at the so top. they're they're calling it their uh, their fatal funnel, and that's probably trademark. So I'm going to use that. It was funny because, um, just kind of a side note, I was showing that optic to another guy, and as soon as he put it up, he's looking at it. He goes, like, is he screaming he across the booth? Not screaming, but just yeah, speaking very. He had a big personality, and he goes. What are these fallopian tubes doing in the scope? And it cracked me up. It, he's not a dumb guy. He's one of my friends. I just like to make fun of his voice. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it kind of cracked me up. So they're going to call this the fatal funnel, and that's up at the top of your reticle. So you have two mils of hold under, and then you have a uh, fatal funnel. It's a, it's a rapid ranging tool. So yeah. It, so there's a, there's a 12-inch drill, and then there's the 18-inch for your shoulders. And then you, right down the middle, it has a dash line, so you cut those targets in half, and then your respective side is what you're looking at. So if you have a 12-inch target, it stretches across the entire funnel from side to side, and it's a 12-inch target, you use the numbers on the left. If it's an 18-inch target, you use numbers on the right. If it's a 9-inch target, so you use a number on the right, and you just so use that dash. the 12 inches, your head and shoulder, to yep. where your shoulder starts to bend down, the 18th is your shoulder width. Correct. So. so you have a good starting point of where those targets are going to be. Now that I see this in a rifle optic, I want to see this in a spotter. Yeah. Now that I well, see that's, it. It's a European thing that mm -hmm. used to be um, in the... Um, so Israelis had something similar in their gimbal. Or, and what or they probably had called. was because the first version of this, I remember it, it was flip flopped. Right. It was it was opposite. Yeah. The the big side was on the bottom and the small side was on the top. So um, which you know both both ways of doing it is smart. It do, it doesn't matter. I think it just came down to what actually aesthetically pleases your eye better. Right. And I right. think this one does it. So, um, but yeah, I would like to see that in a spotter now going down this is something that we had talked about probably what two years ago mm -hmm. when we were talking about holdover reticles so if you look at your holdover down on the down from the main line uh to two mils down is it's very open now right so you there's have no reason there's no to reason to be holdovers at the one mil mark no dude you on can the lower reticle on the, on the on the stadia below it's you, stupid nobody's holding even if, you, if you're shooting a target there you're inside 300 yards yeah dude it's draw it's your eyes so yeah. two two mils is 400 yards you are not holding that much wind there is no reason to clutter the center of a reticle up with holdover christmas tree reticle bullshit until you get to the two mil mark and then at two mils they look at it where how much do you really need at 400 yards yeah now you have a grid right so if you are using that tactic of holding over, this gives you something nice and clean to hold with. And it's not like you don't have anything to reference on the one mil marker. You still have a reference point. You have one mil on either side. Right. So there's really nothing. It's to not in space. It's yeah. just not cluttered. Yeah, exactly. And your target is going to be huge at, the, at that 
It's, it's going to be yeah. gigantic. So um, I think they, they knocked it out of the park with that reticle, honestly. that That's uh, probably one of the more innovative ones that I've seen. Like, they've they've been doing reticles over the years when they were at Collis, when they were, you know, yeah. messing with the beast stuff. The Night Force. Yeah. I mean, Jeff's been and, at Night Force since I can remember. And, but I think this one, they actually listened. And that's what I'm hoping to see more in the industry is these manufacturers listening to what the shooters want and what they're seeing. Dude, we... We can not sell one of these. When somebody looked at it, they right. were like, I'll take one. Yep, yep, totally. You know, and then it's they an brought their buddy sell. down here, look at it. He, uh, he'll take one too. Yeah, it's an easy sell. So they did a good job on it. All right, so get over to the Leopold notes. So since we're talking about scopes, I'm getting a set of those binos with the reticle in them. We probably talked about it before. I talked to John. He's got some really good ideas uh, going on that he's brewing up. Um, as far as moving forward with the Mark V line. Mm-hmm. So that's cool stuff. I don't know if we can talk about <laughs> that yet. You gotta tell everybody how you called me over though. Oh God, yeah, so. So I'm in the, I walked in the booth just by luck. I don't know what it is, but Leupold has been under the impression, this has been going on for months. Like I've been talking to him and when we did the Leupold Academy, Buck was like, man, I really wanted Frank to be here because he doesn't have that high of an opinion of us. And I said, where are you getting this info? Well, because we mentioned, Mark and I will mention the old stuff that's breaking. Well, and Well, that's the old stuff. But, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we were talking about the, the new stuff, the good stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, where are you getting this info? He's like, man, I just... I, I, I just feel like he just doesn't like us and stuff like that. And I was like, next time you guys are in town, call him up. We'll all get together. We'll yeah. go out. You know, but I have to you know, be, see, I wasn't invited. Out. I'm kind of like in this weird zone. So, well, and that was, man, dude, that was, that was a while ago though. So now fast forward, I've talked on the phone with John. Like we talked about some stuff that they're developing, you know, kind of like where we were with, uh, with zero compromise. And they were like, you know, just not, asking us to co-sign on something just saying hey is there anything that you would add to this that we would maybe take into consideration Mm -hmm. so i wasn't at the shop that day so they called me on my cell phone because i was out and about doing stuff so i called in it was like a three-hour meeting and we all talked and i got to you know kind of kind of mess with him a little bit and kind of feel him out to see what kind of guy he is and um he came down to the booth. I met him in person. I was like, man, you're a lot taller than I thought you were. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the guy's like fucking 6'5". So we started talking a little bit more. And he looked over and he goes, he goes, is that Frank over there? That's Frank over there. And I said, have you met Frank? He goes, well, we met a couple of years ago. I doubt he remembers me. You know, I don't think he's really a Leupold guy. I was like, hold on. <laughs> Hey, Frank, (laughs) so you come over, and I was like, these guys think you don't like them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What did you say? Leupold's under the impression you hate them. Yeah, that's right. Leupold's under the impression you hate them. This is John. You're like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. We met a couple years ago. And I was like, see, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But then I explained to him, it's... Yeah, the, the there was the, a big explanation here's about the problem that because with the podcast, but he agreed, right? He did agree, and he's been agreeing since day one, and that's why he's on the Mark Five. Yeah. So here's the thing, and and I want to explain this because everybody's gonna bitch and moan, blah 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 blah. Okay, so we're telling you, hey, we see the average error in a scope when we test them is like two percent, right? We talk about it all the time at one and a half, two percent. We see this common. Most of these. You know, $2,000 or less scopes, we see about a 2% error. Well, then when we get the Leopolds through, we see 4%. 
but these are like the $800 versions. These are Mark IVs from the 90s. They're the ones that you go and someone tells you, this is the best scope for right, the money. Well, that's the problem is because they're surplus number one. They're people who are really into the brand. And it's like, dude, I dig the Mark V. I love the Mark V. Did everything you did with it. It's a good scope, no drama. I would run one in a minute. But when in our class, the majority of people are coming with a 10-year-old Mark IV. And, and that's it, the dynamic in Alaska. Right, and that and is in Alaska. That, we don't see it in our classes. We don't see it in our classes, well, in many, our courses. When was the last time we saw a Mark IV in Colorado? I don't think I don't we, think have. we have, no. We have not. So this is the context of our kind of like bitching. And, no, well, it's not, a, and it's the game of telephone too. Yes, it so is. It, so we are playing it. Well, Frank was motherfucking you guys on the podcast or, you yes. know, he said There's something about... a lot of that. About, People yeah, he say, said something about this and it's like, well, why don't you listen to it and see if you're pulling the same message because that is not what I said. I choose my words carefully mm -hmm. because I know someone's going to attempt to quote me. And I me. don't. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, that's why we're peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. So... But there is a lot of that stuff. It's he said, she said that you'd be surprised at the uh, the antics that go but on behind face the scenes. face to face when I'm with these guys, I can go, well, here, let me explain what I'm seeing. And they'll go, yes, here's the reason for that. Yes, we'd like to fix that, but we'd have to retool the machines up to do it. And as he mentioned, Leopold is the big lumbering giant of the US scope world. There's over 700 employees there. They're the largest index machine shop on the um, West Coast. Chris Roberts just went there. Oh, yeah, Chris was there. Yeah. I saw Chris was there today. It's huge. I've been to Leopold's factory. And he said to me, we can't turn on a dime. But today we're so used to people moving so quickly that when we see one that doesn't, and in my defense, Leopold kind of was resting on their laurels for some years. They've caught up now, but there was a period of time where they weren't moving when the rest of the industry was. So that kind of impression lasted. Mm -hmm. And it Which is still true. gets there was, thrown in their face. It, it does. And there was a time, uh, even when I, when I first started at Mile High, there was a time where we had Leopold scopes, and then we said, you know what, dude, we're not doing anything with these. Let's just not sell them. And then we didn't sell them for years. Right. We stopped selling them. And then all of a sudden, this dude shows up with this badass scope. Yeah. It turns out to be a Leopold. And, and that's the thing is you have to put these things in context. And just because you don't like the LRP or the VX, you see a problem or something, if you see one model in a company's, or in a brand's lineup that isn't favorable, that doesn't mean we dislike everything. Right. You know, I mean, there, there's like Vortex is a great example. You don't see us talking about HSTs no. and the $600 in the throwaway scopes. You hear us always talking about Gen 2 razors or better, the right. AMG, the Razor. We, we talk very little about the, I mean, the PST is as low as we go and it's usually the Gen 2 now. So look at it like this. If there is something that's $500, most people can't afford that. There is tons of information online. Knock yourself out. Right. Go go out there. Now, when you're getting into that $2,000, $3,000 scope range, 
it's a little it's a smaller area of people that are testing it aside from the ones that get sent out for testing for that specific purpose for somebody to write an article write a review or something like that then yeah it, it's a lot smaller in the uh, in the industry of people who are using that scope in comparison to the masses that can afford yeah. a, 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 a more affordable scope. And in the 90s and scope. early 2000, the Mark IV was the standard. It, it, it's long in the tooth now, which is why there's sixes and eights and fives and different numbers, and they've adjusted that line. But does that mean if I see a Mark IV from 98 and it don't work today, that I hate Leopold because of it? Well, no, it just didn't last that long or somebody used it a lot longer than they should have. I mean, the Marine Corps had the Inertal for 30 years. You know, that doesn't mean I think the Inertal is the best scope on the planet because I used it in the Marine Corps. Right. I recognize it was a fixed 10. It was a steel scope. The Inertal sold it to the Marine Corps for $700. Right. You know, the fact that you can buy one today at an MST-100 for $2,500, is it worth $2,500? No. No, it's worth nostalgia. Yeah. If you, it, it, you know, but you gotta put this stuff in context. And, and the last thing I'll say to people is stop putting words in my mouth. Yeah, for real. Because <laughs> that's the biggest thing. It, it really is. And we'll just leave it yeah, at we'll that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So backing up, getting the binos, I was talking to John. I was like, so when I originally talked to him, I was talking about, dude. You know what would you know what would be the shit is if you had a bino that had a radical in it. And he really didn't say anything to me about mm-hmm. it. You know, he just kind of like we just kind of stared at each other for a second. And that was it. But then somebody let me look through one, and I was like, dude, this has a radical in it, mm-hmm. and they're lightweight. So th- to me, I'm going when you and I are working a course, when we're working a course of fire. And I'm lugging my Suaro and my tripod and my 90 bags that are on there that I'm constantly throwing at people. Hey, use a different bag. Boom, hit them in the back of the head with it, you know? But I'm lugging around this thing and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, Colorado tripod Mm -hmm. and a set of these binos with a reticle in it. So when we're doing speed application and I need to move up and down the line real quick. You just put the bino up. Just put the bino up. Boom, yeah, you need to come over two tenths. Boom, yeah, send it, you know, send it down. So... That was that's kind of my thought, and that's what I'm going to be doing uh, this this year as far as like my spotting setup. So that's going to be the next tool in my spotting is so that when, even when we go to a match, I don't want to lug around my Swaro, dude. That's four thousand no. dollars worth of shit. I'd rather lug around light binos and be happy. Right. Exactly. So that's that's where I'm at. So and, and just, he fully agreed with me. So yeah. I mean that was that's cool. And there was one other point that I I I, I was gonna make, man, and, and it, it's like. Somebody said that my reviews are always positive lately. It's but they don't realize that I turn stuff down. Right. And that I'm like somebody'll come up to me and be like, "Hey dude, we're going to review this." And I'm like, "Nah." Or like I've gotten lower end ones that can go either way. I give them to the guy Big Jim. If you go on the front page of Sniper's Hide, there's a bunch of lower end optical reviews that are not all glowing. They're just not me doing it because I'm turning that stuff over to someone else. I'm being more particular to brands and products that I like and know are going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, or innovation. Right. There's that to it. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not basically just saying, give me that. Let me look at that. When somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I got this scope or I got this product and it's like, you know, Well, and here's here's the weird thing too is... 
from what I've seen, mm-hmm. I've never seen you ask for something to review. I've only seen people approach you to do right. it. I don't reach out. They come to me. Yeah. And I think that, that says a lot, too. One, because obviously of your prowess when it comes to anything uh, involving the long-range pursu- uh, shooting. But it also says something about your mentality. And, like, look, I don't, I don't really need to reach out and and make it look like I'm taking this for free because that's what people see yeah. but they and we don't do send stuff yeah. back people don't realize yeah, it exactly back, it, there's no. a lot of your guns that come through me yeah. both ways right. back and forth back and forth i see that same gun you know 3 months later because you actually had an opportunity to take it out and do something and then it. get rid of it send so, it back or even the scopes that no, have gone I, back but and, i think that speaks big man and it, it just is all right who else you got here so um, let's get into the ai stuff because there's a couple of notes after that, and then we can wrap this up. But the AS, uh, the ASXR is the new generation of accuracy international rifles, long action, small firing pin. Um, is that Rhett's one that I posed with the LE, the AXLE? No. Okay, that kind of whole like had the Arca rail, uh-huh. had all the stuff built. So if in. you look at that, so the one that you're posing with, okay, um, an AXLE. If that's what if that's what he said it was, this is what you're getting with that package. You're getting an AXMC mm-hmm. with an updated chassis that has the built-in Arca, yep. the built-in forend with the key slot, right? Not the M lock, right? Not the SR, which originally the ASR had the M lock, but they're going back to the key slot. They're going back to the key slot, yes. Right. So with the AX AXSR rifles, you're going to get which you see in the picture of an ASR, so that modified pistol grip, so it's gonna have that- uh, That ergo grip the ergo grip on there. It. Yeah, I think it is an e- ergo, E-R-G-O. It is, is. yeah, it's yeah, ergo. Um, I've used them in AR-15 yep. world, and I love them, man. Yeah, they're good grip, uh, They I feel good, and the way that they angled it, they angled it up towards the trigger, so your finger actually goes, goes towards to the it. trigger instead of being swept back. So they've changed a lot of the ergonomics on it. They've changed the buttons and the switches in the buttstock, and they've removed kind of a bar underneath the cheek as well. And they moved uh, the flush cut back to the rear instead of having it directly underneath the the cheek piece, which Mm -hmm. was a complaint for quite some time, and then they finally fixed it. Um, On the front end of the rifle, they're doing, again, the built-in Arca because everything has gone Arca, so you got the built-in Arca in the chassis. Um, And then instead of having, it'll be a fully convertible rifle just like they are now. Instead of having the... Uh, magwell adapter they're making the long action magazines with a short action mag on the inside yeah i saw uh, diane handed somebody the new 308 mag yes and it's basically you don't need the adapter it's just a big mag so small in the middle that's going to change a few things for some people because buying into a left-handed axmc they've never made a magwell adapter for the AXMC. Yep. So this changes things. So now you don't need a Magwell adapter. You just and yeah. those are retrofitted for the AXMC rifles as well. So all the discontinued AXMCs will be able to use this new technology as well. So they're moving forward on that. And I got to get a bolt from you guys cuz the Texas guys got me bolt heads for a Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. You know, but you got AI wouldn't do it cuz they got their own plans going down the road, but um I saw 223 and 224 bolt heads for an AI, but you're going to have to try so, to get your... They're, they actually have a path to do bolts, but they can't get AI bolts. Sure. And if you're looking to go that route, talk to the guys at Massey's Gun Shop. They're down in Texas. Yep. The guy you're looking for is Gilbert Garza. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a good, super good dude. Super smart. 
He's a shooter. If there's information that is out there uh, concerning any of that He'll stuff, he'll be at he's, rifles only. I'm sure yeah. in the February match. He's but yeah, a, yep. he shoots matches, dude. He's he's one of us. So uh, definitely give that guy the respect that he needs. But also, uh, he's got a good product. So if you have if you have questions about that kind of stuff, I'm going to direct you to him because I don't think I'll ever no, see it in my AI future. Won't support it, so I won't can't. see it in my future. So um, hopefully, you guys will see it in yours, and that'll be a good addition to your AI. And family. they went to AI. They sat down with him. They spoke mm-hmm. with him. And AI was very polite and said, listen, you know, we, we can't go in this direction. We're doing, you know. Everybody's we, got something right, going they, on. Right. We can't help you, but good luck with what you're doing. See you later. Yeah. So support him as much as you can. He's got great stuff down there, too. But the AIs, I mean, I, I, I was really digging, you know, just seeing what's going on with them and that they're moving forward. And and, and I think this is going to be a... Um, a milestone year for accuracy in the national. I think so too. A lot of flagship stuff is is coming out yeah, and in adjustments to 2020. Adjustments to 2020. We're not dealing with legacy, legacy, legacy with a fancy paint job. Yeah, we're dealing with change. We're in a new decade now. Yeah, and uh, I think they recognize that, and and ideas that were tabled in the past are now coming to fruition. Yes. and we're gonna start seeing these uh, these new multi caliber. AX50s, they're calling it the ELR. And you've probably seen some stuff on Facebook. If you saw us at shot, we had like a kind of, it wasn't a detailed setup because it's not really supposed to be out. I'm like kind of get a little confusion there. But what I can tell you is this, it's gonna be a multi-caliber rifle. They're gonna have calibers that are allowed into California, mm-hmm. right? Cause 50s are not allowed to ship into California uh, as of a few years now. So they're gonna have ELR options for Accuracy International to start breaking down borders in these communist states. Yep, yep. So give it, you know, give it a few weeks, give it a month or something like that. Um, hit me up on the phone, 303-255-9999, and I can give you some more information on that. But as of now, we're not putting anything out like crazy public. So for you, I know you get you don't get to see much, and we're getting down the end of your list, and we're over, you know, but we're going to keep going until we're done. Uh, we well, can just do two more things. Oh, uh, yeah, like, I just wanted to, I just actually, I just wanted to bring this up, dude. 300 Win Mag, I think, is making a comeback. Yeah, probably. And I would say in the last... Three, four years. Well, the, the 220 from Burger mm-hmm. has a higher BC now than mm-hmm. the 230. So you're seeing that with the Burger uh, new bullets, the long range target hybrid or hybrid target. I feel like somebody wrote an article somewhere because in the last, I'll call it five weeks, I've had more requests for 300 Win Mag anything than I've had in like the last mm, that's five crazy. years. That's crazy. There must have been something. So I, I, I think that we're going to start seeing that return to the line. Mm-hmm. You don't see it very often. No, I see it in Alaska, but not down. Well, yeah, again, different dynamic. Right, different people. And, uh, you know, what they can't afford and what they want to do up there. And, and they have dinosaurs roaming around. Right, right. There, they so got to shoot a bear with a big thing, yeah. man, not a little. So I think that... Uh, I think that 300 Win Mag is making a comeback. Now, I, I mentioned this a little bit in, in just before we get past Shot Show. Uh, my best in show was Tom Manor's new stock, the tunable competition. Yes. I think that was the best in show, <clears throat> Tom Manor's stock. What did I see? That Manor s- stock is so smart. Tom and I have been talking about tuning this to the shooter, the weight system, the way he's doing it. The, the stock, the chassis, they lowered the, the they lowered below the um, ejection port, so there is no port for a action. 
it's it's down the the entire stock goes below it. So I think Manners basically won the show with their tunable competition stock. I'm pulling it up right now. I want to uh, see, right. Maybe. Maybe. And we had, I did a video with uh, the King, Robert Brantley, um, because Sniper's Hide is actually raffling one away through Tucker, our, our uh, what do you call it, our moderator. And, and so um, there is a video and there is some stuff on it, but... I really think I'm trying to Google it right now. I don't see it, but I'm sure there's information. That's probably not Just it. go to their website. Probably on the front page. Just go to the main page. But anyway, I thought Manners won this show with that stock. I mean, it was fantastic. It does so much. Um, it was. It's so smart. It's got weight tuning system. So basically, you're going to balance this stock to your rifle system to get that center of gravity where you need it, to sit on a bag the way you want it, and to do all the things these comp guys are doing. And it, it, it's, it's like I spent a lot of time, and I mentioned this a little bit in the last kind of discussion um, with myself. Uh, <laughs> when you were ranting? When I was ranting And by we were losing subscribers oh, and uh, getting one I? stars? We gained subscribers. Where did I lose them? I but anyway... We um, lost one. We lost one. One. So anyway, so long. Bye. Um, <laughs> did I ban you? No. Um, so <laughs> I, I really just think that he did such a great job with that to to kind of go into the the you know the counter chassis to bring stocks back into the, uh, to their glory and 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 it was it was cool because I was sitting with Kelly McMillan. How much do you think that thing weighed? Oh, it was it was carbon fiber. You can lighten it was up it? or heavy. Okay, you can I was, do whatever you want. I was. Uh, it's a carbon fiber elite. I was talking to somebody and I thought they said there was a weight system. There to is it. a weight system. There's a weight in, system. Okay. It, you can you can put weights into the Arca rail. Or you can put tunable weights into the butt into stock. the buttstock area. Yes. Yeah. So I do remember seeing a piece of the. I feel like there was uh, like a lot of uh, um, area in the rear. Yes, there's a ton. Yep. Okay. It's got tunable front and rear. Big huge channel barrel channel, so you can put a, a 1.250 straight taper. Straight taper in there, and, and and it's got the mini chassis. It does so much, man, and and it and it makes me want to love a stock again. So it, it, it's one of those things where if you're a stock guy, but you like you know the, the idea of the competition and what they're doing, and you want to play with weights and, and balance, manners. I like speaking of that when we were talking 22s earlier. I spent a ton of time with Walther and Anschutz mm-hmm. talking 22s with those guys because I said you know they're the original across the course people. They're the ones. The OG. Who, right. Yeah. I mean these guys balance these rifles to them in a way we're just coming around to and they've been doing it for a hundred years you know that kind of deal mm-hmm. and so I went to the well, source. and uh, there's a lot of technology that's wrapped up in that rifle as well. That, right, that, the straight pulls, uh, that, the pullbacks, and, and people are coming back to it. Yep. And they're going, "Oh, whoa! Look at those triggers! Yep, oh, totally. What's going on here?" Thinking about, think about, even go back 20 years. Go back and pull pictures of an Olympic 22 rifle, Walther, Anschutz, FWB, any of those friggin' Olympic rifles. Look at how those things are put together. I mean, I was talking to the Anschutz guy, and he's saying he's going to these events now, and he's got the straight pull uh, 22, and he put it in a biathlon stock, and he's doing 22 events with it. Oh, dude, Roy Worthlin, when we were shooting the the Green Mill match and the 22 stuff straight, whooped my ass with an Anschutz. Right. 
because that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to win gold medals. <laughs> it wins. Right. It's a good shooting so, gun, man. If you got the money to put into it, you know, that's that's a good option, too. I mean, too. think about it. We're Just build, depending on what you do. We're building you know? three $4,000 22s. This is the original $3,000 22 because that's what they cost. Yeah. They're like 3800 bucks for a completely tricked-out Olympic 22. Yeah, you straight through a beat down with yeah. that gun. It's they're they're good shooting guns. And, and they have one that can accept the scope and put a rail on it. They have models. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That can do that. Oh yeah. So that's a key, that's a key element, I think. So that's where I was with that. Um, what else, man? Uh, anybody like? Oh, go ahead with your final notes there. What do you got? So that was that tagline I was telling you about. What do you think about that? Let me try it. Let me try it out. Go ahead. <laughs> when we sign off. Oh, okay. So I gotta tell you, Dudley Brown gave me a tagline. Dudley Brown. Dudley Brown. God, did you uh, ask him how many more emails he's gonna send by a the million, end of the day? A Fuck. million more. Dudley Brown is like the is like the anti NRA, but does the NRA stuff. Yeah, he's he's the gun. wing. Yeah, he's yeah he's definitely. If he lived in Michigan, we would rename it Militiagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's but so he called me a a man portable sniper. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's yeah, like, hey, backpack man. him in. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, just backpack him in, drop him off. Hey, the man portable snipers here. So uh, Dudley's cool. I've done some stuff with him. I taught classes to him in his his group. But he has Rocky Mountain gun owners. He has uh, uh like something G A R gun. No, no, no. Gun rights of America. It's or what is it? N A G. R? National Association of Gun Rights or something. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so he's a bunch. If you write it out, you look at it, you kind of question the pronunciation a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got where you're so going. It's, uh, but there's an A But that's what it is. Yeah, there's there's an A. So that's I good. I got you. Anyway, so I saw Dudley and he made me laugh. I uh, ran into Jim at Prime. A lot of stuff is going on with Prime. We're going to see new calibers, new things coming out. Same thing with Spark. They're looking good. Spark and Peterson. It, is in the same boat all excellent options and the same thing you heard the conversation with Amal Praslik in in Lapua Burger I, I'm a big fan I don't mention it a lot I like I love Hornaday love Lapua Burger love Federal and then I, of course I shoot in Prime right so it, it, it's all good stuff and and just seeing where they're going with things I mean there's things that Burger and Lapua are doing that Prime's not there's things Federal's been doing that you know, everybody is going to follow federal. And then lastly, I want to talk about my tub experience. I yes. spent a lot of time with David Tubb. He's got the nose ring thing coming on. He's got some stuff happening. And I'm not going to get into it too much this episode. But Tubb's, Tubb's next level. I've said this a million years. He's 10 years ahead of everybody. The LE guys, your park service guys, all that stuff. This nose ring tool can turn your 308s into hyper lethal instruments. He basically the nose ring tool cuts anywhere from a 10,000 to a 25,000 groove, groove into yeah. the you know your bullet. Well, what he found out was if you cut a 75,000th groove in that same bullet, especially Federal 168 gold medal match, 175, something like that. Something old and outdated with a big me plat. That me plat will create a drag wave, right? So the wave, the shock wave, will skip over that 75,000 nose ring. So you're not going to see a big degradation in 
range or accuracy or anything like that. But when it hits a living target, oh my God. It straight transfers some energy. Dude, and there was military <laughs> guys, I'm not gonna drop, you know, I'm not gonna drop names and stuff, but there was some there was a military dude and there was people at the booth when I was talking to David and he was showing me this. They're shooting things with it right now to test. Cadavers, pigs, different stuff. It looks like a fucking horror movie, dude. Are you gonna donate your body to that kind of yeah, science? Yeah, in the end, right? Yeah, in Hit the end, with, when it's David all done, shoot me with a. So just so you guys know, he, he's signing a contract right now that we're donating him, and it's my responsibility to shoot me with Tub's thing. <laughs> now here's here's how Tub landed on it. Okay, think a six millimeter. And Adam's been shooting animals pretty far with six millimeters. He has. He's been taking them down. Right. It drops them. Yeah, it does. If you hit him in the right spot with the correct ammunition. Okay. Like, it, ethically. He he shot, like, baboons, because he goes baboon hunting in Africa, at 750 yards with a six millimeter, mm -hmm. with this nose ring with a 75 thousandths cut in it. The back of this baboon raised off of it like three feet at 750 yards and like a volcano just erupted straight blew his back out oh my like and, and i'm not doing this for like animals we're not talking to save the meat and the animal right because like with this guy showing me the cadavers the pigs the animals they were shooting with this nose ring technology it's like Dude, you ain't getting you ain't getting a happy meal out of that thing when it's done. Dude, that's crazy. And the with his nose ring tool, understand it goes into a cordless drill. It works. Oh, everyone can own one. Right. It works on preloaded ammo. So you can take a box, open a box of ammo, and, and just cut the ring in. Just get right in and there. And put it into your mags. And you'll have no issues of what over, do you okay no so, over penetration. So what do you hold it in to steady it? You don't. You hold your hand. You just hold it in your hand. Just, boop, yeah, we did it at the it. we did it at the booth. I I cut nose rings at his booth. And all you do is it it has a plunger. You set it. There's settings. You can do all kinds of stuff. It has different sizes for different bullets. You just stick it in. You push against it till the cutters and they're carbide cutters. They'll never dull. And you push it in until it basically spins free. You'll feel it. You, you bite. It starts to cut. When it stops biting, you just take it out and get to the next one. And all you do is just put a cordless drill on the table and cut it. And it does insane things to game and animals. Well, when are we going to start seeing more on that? Like information, media... Like, is there anything well, out there available no, to the public? No, it's not because it's, it's, I mean, David will talk about it and put out a press release kind of thing and he'll probably put videos out. He had like four videos of him shooting stuff that I saw and they were all, one was more devastating than the next. And, and, you know, when you have to DRT something right there, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about harvesting animals right. for, for food. No, this is. We're talking threats, DRT, it's got to go. Yep. Um, this is insane. So, like, example, the parks guys up in Alaska, they carry a 308 to shoot these dinosaur bears. If they did this to one of these, that bear has no chance. 
It's straight dead right it's, there. It's, it's going to be a big hole, and it'll actually be better for him because you'll have less to carry. Because mm -hmm. the rest of it's going to be scattered across the... Right. <laughs> you know? In, in, in the, Make sure you do it outside. Do it outside. You don't want to do this inside. <laughs> don't do this inside. It's bad. Yeah, it really is. But David is just so smart, and he's got new calibers. He's got the 416 XC, the 41. He's got the 37. He's doing like so much in the ELR realm. He's doing so much on this. I mean, if you if you're interested in this in any way, you follow Tub, right? In some degree. You may not be able to invest in Tub, but you follow him because the guy's smart. That's fair. Yeah. Cool. So, what else you got? So, um, no, it's just really good to see all the fans of the show over at Shot. Um, they they come in, they say what's up. We had a little conversation. I like to think I'm a pretty personable guy mm -hmm. when you step in. I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll talk to you. Uh, it's no big deal. You're not wasting my time. You're actually giving me a break. So. <laughs> yeah, hit me up, you know, hit me up whenever. But um, no, it was really good to see all those folks. Um, and, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to over the phone over the last few years that, uh, you know, have gotten to know us, you know, personally and everything like that. I just want to thank you guys for stopping in. It really, it really does mean a lot to me that uh, you guys, you know, keep me around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? No, it was a good show with that way. Um, like I said, I, I'm sorry with some of the guys that I moved so fast with. Because um, I did see you. It's, it's just I'm in a hurry and and so that there was that uh, the best was uh, so i always have to mouth off uh, like somebody so early in the morning i'm actually going to see jeff at uh zero compromise okay and so it's it was thursday morning or friday morning so it's quiet so you know how they got these wide aisles these three big guys were walking three abreast. Oh, man. That's dragging, like semis. Dude, drag, I fucking hate semis. Dragging their milk carts. All three of them oh, with God. a milk cart. Tripping over, tripping right. people. So I get alongside the dudes, man, and I finally get around them to get alongside of them. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get the notice. You guys must own this fucking aisle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I blitz past them. The dude gave me a nasty look, and I just kept on walking. It's not like they're going to catch you. Nah, I'm too fast. Yeah. They're too spig. You're like the little sports car that tries to jet them between mm -hmm. them. And I'm the sports car that can fit under the trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, real low. Uh -huh, so that's the deal. All right. Cool. We'll wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, we're going long for you guys because it's a shot show thing. Yeah, shot show thing. And we're just getting together, having a good time. It's a, what is it? A lot, I tell you what, I don't even man. know what it is. Wednesday today? Yeah, there's a lot of bought and sold companies that are stealth bought and sold. Like Savage, Christensen, a bunch of companies mm -hmm. have been bought and sold, man. So mm -hmm. you're seeing, Some of them changing their names, some yes, of them some not, not changing but, their name. But understand when things change and you're seeing a big flip, there was a lot of sales this last year that weren't necessarily public. Mm -hmm. You know, so just to keep in mind. Yeah, know what you're buying into. Yep. Cool. So, so anyways, we're going to sign off here. Mike from Mile High Shooting and Frank from Sniper's High. And you guys were listening to the Everyday Sniper, the front leading edge of marksmanship. Ooh, nice. You like that one? The front leading edge. I'm going to have to... Uh, Put that in a t-shirt or something. Yeah, t-shirt, trademark. Dude, design a patch up. Hashtag? Yeah. Hashtag front leading edge. Front leading edge. <laughs> okay. You but, guys have the Hammer Forge stuff up in Alaska. I yeah, think, I think we need we, one down here. Yeah, we we can we can play with this one for a little bit and mm -hmm. see if it works because we tried the the uh, confidence and well, confidence. I have the, and I have stuff the for like serious and, tactical marksman on the high. Yeah, exactly. We got Hammer Forge in Alaska. We need a we need a. So like this, you know, this is kind of our. 
having this podcast and being able to talk to people that you normally wouldn't be able to talk to, like in real life, you know, mm-hmm. like what we see as celebrities of the industry and we're, you know, have kind of like a backstage pass to a lot of this stuff and seeing it unfold. I think it puts us on the front leading edge. We are on the front leading edge, man. We're talking about stuff before most people. It's true. And, and oh, I spoke with like Bartlin and Tracy and those guys and Frank Green. We were talking the game twist stuff. I'm actually talking some other things. Um, I stayed out of the whole John and Night Force thing, although John's bent. Um, I'm not going to get in the middle of that. The Baker Tacom, Charlie Tacom. Oh, I bet. Prism. Yeah, with mm. the yeah, I'm not gonna say the name out loud, but yeah, I know what you. Yeah, saying. that got ugly, man. I I, I got it. There's no doubt that got ugly. Yeah, I got an earful, but I walked. I, I said, "Hey, dude, good luck, best of wishes. Gotta go. <laughs> I'm Is, not getting in fights. Yeah, only. not my battle. Me either. I got yeah. my own problems. I got no skin in that game. Yeah, I got my own problems to deal with. So, um, you know, just know we're supporting, we're supporting, uh, you know, all sides of stuff that are, that aren't in with us. We, we like one company. We like the other company. Hopefully they can work it out. Yeah. We're big boys. Yeah. We're cool. But anyway. Cool. Peace out guys. We appreciate you. Cheers.